175, New York. We have some problems over here right now. We might have a hijack over here, two of them. Oh my god, so both towers are now. If you were alive September 11th, 2001, and you're old enough to remember, chances are you have a story that's associated with that day. My Facebook feed, my Twitter, my Instagram, all day today, it was full of the stories, the individual moments that people knew the world was going to change. And these people, they could even bring back all the emotions, the moments that they saw the planes hit the towers, when they saw men and women jumping from the windows of the towers, and ultimately when they saw the towers crumble. A lot changed in the United States, but just in case you may not really remember, let's take a trip back to that day. I also wanted to spread the word to you that I opened up an Etsy shop that is full of acrylic paintings that I made. The name of the shop is Hope for Human Kindness. It's all one word. Go check it out, and if you like the work, make sure you share with your friends and let them know about it too. Nineteen men hijacked four fuel-loaded U.S. commercial airplanes that they were bound for West Coast destinations. A total of 2,977 people were killed in New York City, Washington, D.C., and outside of Shanksville, Pennsylvania. These attacks were orchestrated by Osama bin Laden. The days, the weeks, the months, and the years to follow, a lot changed in our country. A lot of new things were put in place in order to keep us safe so that the same thing wouldn't happen again. Before 9-11, People didn't have to have a ticket to wander around the airport or wait at the gate. No one checked passengers' IDs before boarding the plane. And the only item people had to remove when passing through security was loose change from their pockets. Most of these airports didn't bother running background checks on their employees, and your checked baggage was never scanned. All of that changed with the creation of the TSA. That stands for the Transportation Security Administration. This was an entirely new federal agency that was authorized by Congress in November of 2001. So you have to think, that was a really fast move. September 11th, the attacks happened. People died. November of 2001, they created an entirely new administration to help protect us. So in addition to an army of blue uniformed screeners, the TSA introduced U.S. travelers to extensive new security protocols. 
Tickets and photo IDs became required to get through the screening area. Laptop computers and electronics had to be removed from carry-on bags. Shoes were taken off. Liquids were restricted to three-ounce containers. And conventional X-ray machines, which only detected metal objects, were eventually replaced with full-body scanners. Some other things that changed and came from 9-11 that wasn't really wonderful included anti-Muslim violence. It grew in the United States. Just four days after the 9-11 attacks, a gunman in Mesa, Arizona, went on a shooting rampage. First, he shot and killed a gas station owner of Indian descent. This man wore a turban. The gunman assumed he was Muslim. Minutes later, the gunman shot another gas station clerk of Lebanese descent, but missed, and then shot through the windows of an Afghan-American family. Even as politicians and law enforcement repeatedly stated that Islam was a peaceful religion whose true teachings had been twisted by terrorist extremists, so many people in America and around the world still equated the 9-11 attack with Islam and sought vengeance on anyone that even looked Muslim. And to be honest, 19 years later, I feel like we still have a lot as Americans of those biases. In the years since 9-11, Americans inspired by jihadist ideology have killed 107 people in domestic terrorist attacks. That's of this month, September 2020. 107 people have died in 19 years. And almost half of those deaths occurred in one horrific shooting at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. But there have been no large-scale terrorist attacks on the U.S., which is pretty crazy because if you were around in 2001 to remember and to experience it, we were just waiting for the other shoe to drop any minute. If anyone had said that this is what they expected the threat to be the day after 9-11, they would have definitely been laughed at. The security measures put in place after 9-11 appear to have foiled or discouraged other ambitious plot by foreign agents on American soil. But in the process, the country has faced an endless war on terror that has altered the fabric of American life. I can still, in my head, think of a couple songs that also came from 9-11 I have two that come to my mind. The first one being, Have You Forgot by Daryl Worley. There's a part in the song that says, Have you forgotten how it felt that day to see your homeland under fire and her people blown away? Have you forgotten when those towers fell? We had neighbors still inside going through a living hell. The second one that I absolutely loved, loved it then, love it now, is by Alan Jackson. Where were you when the world stopped turning? So a couple parts to this song that really gets to me. Did you weep for the children? They lost their dear loved ones. Pray for the ones who don't know. Did you rejoice for the people who walked from the rubble and sob for the ones left below? Did you burst out with pride for the red, white, and blue and the heroes who died just doing what they do? Did you look up to heaven for some kind of answer and look at yourself and what really matters? But I know Jesus, and I talk to God, and I remember this from when I was young. Faith, hope, and love are some good things he gave us, and the greatest is love. 
Today was a really strange day for me as I reflected back onto 9-11 in the midst of COVID-19. And I saw all the memorials and the people who were praying for the families still of those who were lost when people were talking about how proud they were to be an American back then and how we all joined together for what happened with the deaths, with the terrorist attacks and the people who lost their lives that they didn't deserve it. They talked about the feelings that those people had waking up not knowing what the day was going to be, not knowing that something was going to happen to them at the hands of several men. And my heart still hurts for those who lost loved ones during that time. And how proud I was to be an American during that time too, to look around and to see all the love and the support and the hope and how we came together during the fear to do whatever we could to protect one another. And here we are 19 years later. Not quite 3,000 people died with several of those planes, but today we are creeping up on almost 200,000 deaths that didn't have to happen. The risk to the American people remains very low. We need to focus on facts and not fear. And I think that there's been a lot that's been done to try to promote fear, to promote worst case scenarios, to drive hysteria. This virus doesn't discriminate whether you're in a small town in a relatively yeah. secluded area of the country versus whether you're in a big city. And sooner or later, you're going to see a surge of cases. 200,000 deaths from a virus that can be slowed. And there's so much that I see about this virus. Not just the deaths. 6.45 million people have been infected. I have wondered a lot today. I think back to a time where I lost someone that I love very much. And I put myself in the shoes and I remembered how I couldn't comprehend how the world kept going when they lost such a beautiful soul. They lost someone who honestly made the world a better place. Someone who loved without ceasing, unconditionally, and made every person they ever came in contact with believe that they were the most special person on this planet. It's a gift that I hope that I can have one day. And at her passing from cancer, I just, I couldn't figure out how the whole world wasn't mourning, how the whole world didn't feel the emptiness of losing this beautiful person. It made me a little angry that the world didn't recognize how lost it was going to be without her. And I started thinking, what if I heard people tell me you know, she was older. She was going to die sooner than later anyways. So, you know, it just happens. Or if someone told me, oh, you know, cancer is not really a thing. 
Um, it's just a hoax. So ooh, I don't know what to tell you. I don't really think people are dying from cancer. She probably, you probably didn't lose a loved one. It's just statistics. I struggle with knowing that people who lose their moms, their dads, their brothers, their sisters, their aunts, their uncles, their nieces, their nephews, and to hear the influx of people saying and spreading that this isn't a big deal, that it's not real, while they're mourning their loved one, and how today on 9-11, they saw how the country rallied around the death of not quite 3,000 people that shouldn't have happened, while their loved ones shouldn't have died either. And we as a country have minimized their pain. We as a country have minimized the impact that this virus has had. We have made their story not one that can help others because we continue to tell them that it's not real when their pain is very real. The way that we got on planes changed during 9-11. We get angry because we have to wear a mask so that we don't kill other people. The fact of the matter is, it's our bodies, it's our choice, whether we're gonna wear them, not wear them, you guys are overstepping your boundaries 100%. It is a scamdemic. The lives of others are literally in our hands. And we're mad because we have an imposition to have to wear a piece of fabric over our mouth and nose so that our neighbor can live another day. So our neighbor can celebrate another anniversary with their spouse. So our neighbor can see their grandchild being born. So our neighbor can see their child graduating from high school. But we can't be bothered by that. So let me rewind back about the deaths from COVID-19. Did you weep for the children they lost their dear loved ones. Did you pray for the ones who don't know? Did you rejoice for the people who walk from the rubble and sob for the ones left below? Did you burst out with pride for the red, white, and blue and the heroes who died just doing what they do? Over 600 nurses and physicians have died of this virus from caring from those with COVID. Did you look up to heaven for some kind of answer and look at yourself and what really matters. But I know Jesus and I talk to God. And I remember this from when I was young. Faith, hope, and love are some good things he gave us. And the greatest is love. Sandy Dahl, who's the wife of Flight 93 pilot Jason Dahl, she said after the attacks, if we learn nothing else from this tragedy, we learn that life is short and there's no time for hate. And our president, George W. Bush, he said time is passing, yet for the United States of America, there will be no forgetting September the 11th. We will remember every rescuer who died in honor. We will remember every family that lives in grief. 
We will remember the fire and the ash, the last phone calls, the funerals of the children. That was a really tough time then. But we are really in a tough time now. So I just want to urge you to remember the impact of losing less than 3,000 people had on you. Our world is hurting from the lives that are lost. Our country is in fear. And our country is angry at the changes that are coming because of a virus. But just remember, the greatest is love.